I know that it had an amazing ending as well. If you come back next week, you'll hear it. Well, good morning, LWC First Service. And good morning to the LWC Online. We want to just welcome you to, to our service this morning. Um, real quick, two, two important things that I want to take care of. Uh, first of all, we talk about the Connect card all the time, and it's important to us. In front of you, in the, in the seat in front of you under the basket, there's this orange card called the Connect card. I would love for you to pick it up at this time, if you will, just to make sure that we do have cards there. And if you pick up that card in front of you, then uh, do me a favor and wave it in the air, like if you really do care, and then say, ooh, hey, right? Because we are in the house of God, right? The, the reason this is so important to us is because there are two items on, on the card that are vital. Number one is a go God. That means God has done something in your life this week. Has, has the Lord Jesus done anything in anybody's life this week? Just raise your hand. Jot it down so we can celebrate with you. And then the second thing, it says, need God. Is there a place in your life that you need God to move? Raise your hand if that's you. And everyone should be raising their hands right now. Unless you're perfect and your life is perfect, we all need God. So we'd love to join with you in prayer and uh, allow the Lord to, to, to move. And that's what he does. He answers prayers that are according to, to his will and his direction. He, wa he wants the best for each one of us. So do me a favor, fill out the card, and if you will, without any pressure, we will never bug you. You can put it in the, in the giving box in the back, and uh, we will pray with you, pray for you, and just believe God for great things uh, in your life. The second thing is, and this is important, is after this service, we have a members uh, meeting, a special meeting we're calling it, and we are going to revise some things on our constitution and bylaws that need to be modified. So if you are a member, and even if you're not a member, if you just want to hear what we're, we're going to be talking about, uh, it's going to have to do with leadership, and we're going to modify some leadership uh, things that we have in our constitution. Also, we're looking at marriage, the way that it is defined in the Bible. We're going to make some modifications right there just to make sure we have it in writing. And uh, with everything that's going on around us, all the craziness, it's, it's, it's amazing that we got to define i got to be careful how I say this, how we have to define marriage according to the Bible. Amen? But we are going to do that. And, uh, and then also uh, one more thing that we're going to talk about. So I invite you to be here for, for that meeting if, if you'd like to be here uh, right after the, the, the first service. How many of you, uh, how many of you, you know that eating the right things is important? Huh? And I can see from all the faces here in first service, you guys eat very well. <laughs> you know, before there was keto, before there was Atkins, there was bread. And everyone said, and it was good. <laughs> right? Bread is, is very good. Can you just say that with me? Bread is good. Bread is good. And when you think about bread, it kind, of, uh, it kind of transcends every ethnicity, every language, every region, every neighborhood. There's bread every place you go. For example, there's French bread. Anyone ever had French bread? There's, for those that are Italian, there's Italian bread. Like, uh, I think I say this, focaccia. 
Anyone here in focaccia? How about uh, pita bread? Anyone ever had pita? And then there's, you know, the Greeks, they have bread. They have this uh, ladina, which is a, a Greek flat bread. And the Mexicans are going to be left out. We've got tortillas <laughs> and pan dulce. So we sweeten up our bread, right, to make it even better. And I'm kind of partial to tortillas and pan dulce, but I love all kinds of bread, but not all kinds of bread loves me. But there's one bread that trumps every other bread. There's one bread that every person needs, but not every person has. And that one bread is the bread of life. And his name is Jesus Christ. And we need the bread because it is eternal bread. It's spiritual bread. It nourishes us spiritually. It feeds our soul. Sometimes people are eating a lot of tortillas, a lot of pan dulce, a lot of French bread, a lot of rye bread. And they're not getting full spiritually. In fact, sometimes we're malnutritioned spiritually, even though we're very nutritioned physically. Amen? And you may be here today, or you may be watching today, and you feel like if your life isn't going anywhere, or you feel like you're, you're just running out of, out of gas, maybe you're, you're, you're hitting roadblocks, and, and you just feel like if your life is not where it needs to be, that may be... The reason that that could be happening is because you need the bread of life, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus tells us in his word, he's talking to the, to the Jewish multitude, the multitudes of Israelites, and he, and he comes to this place where he tells them that he's the bread of life, but they don't receive it very well. And a lot of times we don't receive the words of God very well. Sometimes we have a problem with what God tells us. Amen? And so we're coming out uh, in, in this series in the Gospel of John. We're coming out of where Jesus had fed 5,000 men plus women and children with uh, two fish and five loaves of bread. So he did this miracle, right? He, he just kept coming. It's like your mom, when she was making tortillas when you were young, it just, they just keep coming. But Jesus had multiplied them like greater than my mom. Because my mom would say, yeah, no more. But Jesus kept giving more and more. So he did this great miracle, right? He fed the 5,000 men. And then after that, he, he goes and he walks on water and he comes to his disciples, right? And, and, he, and then the, 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 the multitude of people come again to him. And, and as, he, as they come, he says, you're searching me for all the wrong reasons. You're searching for me because, of, because I fed you, but you're missing the whole point of the miracle. And this is important to us, beloved. You're missing the whole point of the miracle. See, there's more behind the miracles of Jesus than what we see. There are things that are happening spiritually. There are things that are happening in our soul. There is transformation that wants to take place. It, it, it's getting to know Jesus for who he is, not getting to know Jesus for what we want. Are you with me? And the Israelites, they wanted God for what they wanted instead of who he was. Now, 
People from the United States of America, they don't, they don't know anything about that because we really don't care about what we want. We want the needs of other people to be met, not our needs, right? So it kind of fits our culture as, as well. Are you with me? And, and so we come to this place in, uh, in chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 30. So if you have your Bibles, you can pull your Bibles out or your Bible app on your phone or, so a smart device, we'll have it also on the screens. We'll have it in your outline. We're going to do a lot of reading because we want to look at the context, right? We want to understand what's happening here, not just pull out a verse here and there. That's important for us as, as, as followers of Christ. We want to see the whole picture, not just parts of it. Amen? It's like, it's like hearing a conversation on a phone and you're hearing one side of the conversation, but you're not hearing both sides. It's like hearing the tail end of a conversation and you hear the tail end, but you don't know the context. We have to know the context, context so we can understand what's really happening. So verse 30. They answered... Let me go back to 29 because we're going to kind of look at that. Uh, they, they, of 28, they had asked, uh, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one whom he has sent. Amen. So that, that's, a, that's a foundation right there. It's works versus belief. Are you with me? And that's a struggle of religious people. It's what can I do for God instead of believing what God has done for us? What Jesus did on the cross is adequate. He paid it all. Amen? Amen? He finished the work because we can't. And then verse 30, they answered, after he says, believe in the one whom, whom he ascended, they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. Now what had he done just days before that? What did he do? He fed 5,000 with two fish and about five loaves of bread. So, but they want more miracles. What can you do? After all, our ancestors, they ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. Now, manna was a special bread that God gave the Israelites when they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And that bread would appear every morning like a wafer. It would be like having a vanilla wafer every morning waiting for you outside. And they had to pick these wafers and they had to eat them in that one day. They had to pick as many as they, you know, they wanted, and they would eat it that one day. It would sustain them, and if they waited and saved them for the next day, they, those uh, manna would go rotten because God wanted them to depend on him, what? Every day. Notice what Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Why is that important? God wants us to trust him, what? Every day of our lives. And then he says, uh, the scripture says, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat, they, they tell him. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Who's he talking about? Himself. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day. In other words, fill my needs. They're thinking physical bread, right? Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. That's important right there. Jesus says, I am. 
Now, when God met Moses at the burning bush, Moses said, who, who do I say? He was sending him to, the, to uh, the Egypt, and he said, I want you to go and free my people. Who do I say send me? And God spoke to me and said, I am that I am. Now, Jesus is starting with, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me, you notice the, the context right there. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty, but you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. So if you're here today or you're, if you're watching online and you think I've done so much, so many bad things, I'm not worthy can I tell you, if the Father is drawing you to Jesus, Jesus will never reject you. Amen. There's nothing that you've done that will, eat, that will ever keep you from the love of Christ. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me. Not to do my own will, Jesus saying. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. That's important right there, right? So Jesus is saying, when I come in the second coming, I will raise every person that's dead, and I will draw every person that, that's alive, and they will be with me forever. Amen. So people that have died, that are in Christ, they have not perished. They're in the presence of the Almighty God, and they will rise again with a glorified body, and those bodies are going to do cubias. And those bodies are not going to feel any pain or any shame. And there's going to be good things happening. How, how do I know that? Because Jesus said it. He said we're in good hands. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. So they began to murmur and argue and, and say, what, who is this guy? What do they think he is? How do we know that? Look at what happens next. 42. They said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father. We know his mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? But Jesus replied, stop complaining about what I said. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will, all, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Now he's saying, as he's talking to them, Jesus knowing who he is, he's the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He's saying, what you're hearing are the words of God. But you don't understand because you don't believe. And this is important to us because for you that are here, until you believe that Jesus is who he says he is, you're going to miss the whole picture. You're going to miss out on everything that God wants to do in your life until you believe in Christ, in Jesus. And then everything begins to open up. Your eyes begin to see. You have a lens that sees the work of God in your life. But Jesus replied, verse 43, I said this, Stop complaining about what I said, for no one can come to me unless the Father has sent me. 
draws them to me, and at the last day I will raise them up. Verse 45, as it is written in the scriptures, they will, be all, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Verse 46, not that anyone who has ever seen the Father, not that anyone has ever seen the Father, only I who was sent from God have seen him. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. How do you eat the bread from heaven? You believe in Jesus. Okay? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. In other words, Jesus was going to give up his flesh where? On the cross at Calvary for all the people in the world who would what? Believe in him. He's talking spiritual language. He's not saying you're going to eat my, you're going to eat a burrito of Jesus. That's why it's important for us to understand the context. He's saying anyone who believes in me, you're going to partake and your soul will be filled. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person up at the last day. Do you notice how he keeps going over the same things over and over and over again? Why? Because they are very important to believe on him. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manor, but, they will, but you will live forever. And he said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue of Capernaum. Now, there's a lens that we have that changes everything when we believe in Jesus. Can I tell you why? Because you see spiritually, not just physically. H have you ever looked at a problem in your life and it looks bigger than you, but you believe that it's not bigger than God? You're looking through spiritual eyes. What, what, the, what the people that were sitting there with Jesus, what they were looking at is a man but he was more than a man. He was the savior of the world. He was the savior of mankind. Now, now we look back, and, and if any of you were raised, say, Roman Catholic, anyone raised Roman Catholic? Okay, so I was too. Now, the, the mass, when you went to church, it was called the mass. The mass centered around something called the Eucharist. The Eucharist, and you would have communion, right? And the Eucharist means give, give thanks. Now, the, the, the Roman Catholic, what, what, what they would teach in, 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 uh, in the Eucharist and in the Mass 
was that the, the Eucharist was actually the very presence of Jesus. So, so the father, the priest, would, would pray over the Eucharist, pray over the wine, and the very presence of Jesus was, was said to be there. Jesus was there. You were eating Jesus, and you were drinking Jesus' blood. That's what the whole thing of the Mass centers around. That's called transubstantiation. Martin Luther came. Anyone ever heard about Martin Luther? He started the Protestant Reformation. He wanted to reform the church because there were a lot of things that were going on. He didn't want to start a new church. He wanted for the church to be better. And so he comes along and he, and he started to, to, to look at things and, and bring the Bible back into where it needs to be. The Bible has to be the guide. And, and he looked at, at communion, okay? He looked at the Lord's Supper. And, and he looked at it like not that Jesus was actually in the bread, in the, in the Eucharist, or that he was, his blood was a, a, in the wine, that it was the, the the blood of Jesus, but he said, that's the presence of God. That's the presence of Jesus. That's called consubstantiation. So they're big words, but they, they, they're very easy when we understand them. And that means that the presence of God is. Then Zwigli came, another church leader, another church father. Zwigli comes, and he says, no, 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 no. When you come and you celebrate the Lord's Supper, uh, it's symbolic. It, you remember what Jesus did for you. So there's three views that people who follow Jesus have when it comes to the Lord's Supper. Here, here, here's my view. Here's my view. I really believe that the, the, that the presence of God is with us when we take the Lord's Supper. I believe that he's, he's with us. First of all, because where two or three are gathered in his name, the Bible said that he is where? He's there. He's present, Okay. I don't believe that we're eating the bread. And we're, we're, I don't believe we're eating the body of Jesus when we eat the bread. I believe that, that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Amen? But I do believe that Jesus is present through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I do, I do believe that when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, that we should be very, very reverent. Amen? Yeah. That we should consider the body, that we should look at each other and say, I love my brothers and sisters, and if there's something that's wrong, if I have something that's, that's offensive, I better go make that right so I can make this right. Amen? And I do believe that there's symbol, it's symbolic because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Amen? But here's what I also want to say as we go into my points. I want to say that this right here is more about faith and works than it is about the Lord's Supper. It's more about when you believe and you trust in Jesus, he opens up your eyes and gives you a lens to see God move in your life no matter what you're going through. Amen? He, he is the bread of life. He is better than any tortilla and mantequilla I've ever had. He's better than any taco I've ever had, even better than, than La Casita. And you know I talk about La Casita quite a bit. And so what we all need to know is we, we all need to have a God lens which enables us to see and receive Jesus as a bread of life. See, it's important that you know you that are here and you that are watching, God doesn't want you religious. 
God wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus wanted to have a relationship with those people that were there. But they wanted works. What works can you do? What can you do for us? Instead of coming to him for who he was and who he is. He had done miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And let me tell you something. God to this day does miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Some of you in here have seen the hand of God move. God has moved in your life. And he wants you to go beyond the miracle to the person. Beyond the miracle to the miracle worker. Beyond what you want, but what he wants. And what he wants is you. Not your busyness. He's speaking to me right there. Not all the craziness in our life, not all the, 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 the you know, all the things that, that distract us from this relationship that we can have. See, there are indicators in our life that tell us we need more Jesus. If you lose your patience, you need more Jesus. If you're having a hard time loving someone, you need more Jesus. If something is stealing your joy, you need more Jesus. If you're having a hard time being faithful, you need more Jesus. If you don't have any self-control, if you're, if you're having a hard time and you can't stop habitual things, there's habits that try to form into our life, you need more Jesus because our habit should be to get more of him than anything else. If, if you have a hard time suffering, if, you know, life is filled with suffering. There's things that we go through that are difficult. Amen? Think with me. Not only in your individual life, but sometimes our, our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our peers go through hard times, and we suffer with them. And if you're having a hard time suffering through difficulty, you need more Jesus because the Bible tells us that he gives us long suffering. And we're able to withstand no matter what we're going through. Amen? So don't blame the government for your suffering. Don't blame, don't blame your neighbors. Don't blame your family. Say, Lord, thank you. I need more of you. No matter what I'm going through. So, so we need this God lens to help us. So here, here's, here's uh, the, the first part of the God lens that we need. You need the right motives. Say amen if you agree with that. We need the right motivation. You know, this, the, the context started with a question, what work must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus replied, the only work God wants from you is to believe in the Son of God. That's important. So no matter what we're going through, if my motives are, what can I do to, to fix the situation with my, with my children? What can I do to fix the children with my, with my job? What can I do to fix the situation with my finances? What can I do? Well, can I tell you, if you're a part of creating the problem, you need someone else for the solution. And the one that you need for the solution is God. And you got to come in with the right motive, not what... what can I do to do the works of God? But Lord, I trust you, Lord Jesus, that you will do the works of God. 
And I'm going to start out with baby steps, and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. So they, they asked him, what sign will you give us so that we may, look, look at the verbiage, so that we may see it and believe it. You see the lens? They still couldn't see. We want to see it and believe it. And he did another miracle. We want to see and believe. We want to see it. We want to see more. We want to see more. Don't we do that with God? He takes us out of a mess. And then we, we go into our, you know, our lives and another mess occurs. Lord, we, we need to see your miracles. We just need to trust him and spend time with him for who he is. What, what the people wanted was food for their bodies. Sir, give me this bread every day. They, they, didn't, they didn't want spiritual bread because they didn't believe. Right? How do I know they didn't believe? He just fed 5,000 people with, with nothing. You know, we, we, we want physical food. You know, you'll hear me say a lot of things if you're looking with, with the spiritual lens of, of the Lord. You'll hear me say things that, that really need to be tweaked. When, when I'm talking about filling my, my hunger, sometimes I'll say things like, you know, I really do want a taco. I really do want enchiladas. I, do, I really do want a steak. But... <laughs> But sometimes that's not what I need. Sometimes I really need the bread of life. In fact, and I'm not saying for anyone here to fast, but sometimes fasting is pretty good when we fill up on God. Are you with me? Sometimes we, we fast from physical food so that we can feast on spiritual food. But it goes against us because our motives could be wrong. The motives were wrong. You know, they wanted physical food. Jesus offered them nourishment for their souls. He declared, I am the bread of life. Who, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I came down from heaven. I, 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 am, I am God revealed to you in the flesh. In this, in this earthly state, my, my, the way that I came and was concepted, uh, the conception was through the Holy Spirit and through Mary, a virgin. There was a spiritual dimension, and he wanted to nourish their souls, but they didn't see it because their motives were wrong. Beloved, here's what God is speaking to us today. Let our motives be right. And then you will see Jesus for who he is. There was a time in, uh, in John's gospel, you may remember, we, we went through it. In John 4, there was a Samaritan woman. She was at the well. She was an outcast. She didn't even go to, the, to draw water at the well when all the other women went because she had been married five times. The, the, the man she was with was not her husband. So her reputation in, in 
that Samaritan village was not a good reputation. And so Jesus went to her and he said, I have living water for you. Amen? I am going to nourish your, your thirst spiritually. And then the disciples who had gone off to buy food... They came back and they saw him talking to this woman and she was a Samaritan, which Samaritans, were they were at odds with the Jews. But they come back and they say, Lord, eat some food. And then Jesus said something that's pretty incredible. He says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And the food that God has for us that we need and that we many times neglect is a food that only Jesus could offer. Are you with me? But our motives have to be right for us to see Jesus for who he is. Here's a second way that we see Jesus. The right methods. What the people wanted was eternal life that was earned by their own merit. By their own works. You got to go back to verse 28. That's very important. What do we do so that we can accomplish the works of God? And most people live their lives this way. They, they come to God on their own terms. And most people, think about it, think with me. We, we say, I, I'm not as bad as a person down the street. Right? So, some of you in here, you may be thinking, well, I'm not as bad as that person. God will surely let me into heaven because I'm not that bad. I have done pretty good. But that's your estimation of yourself. And if that was true, then why would God send his only son to die on a cross? If you were good enough, don't you think that God is smart enough to say, you know what, uh, Leonard, Leonard K. Is, is a very good example of what you need to do. Follow his example. And he would have said, Jesus, just go ahead and stay here. We don't, you don't need to go down. But because we all fall short of the glory of God, all of us need a savior. And so the battle that people have is the method battle. How do we approach God? In every religion, except for Christianity, every religion says, this is what I can do for God. I will pray more. I will walk more pilgrimage. I will do this. I will do that. And that will give me merit with God and Christianity says there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. Jesus did it all. And that is the best method that we could have. F.F. Bruce, this is a, a wonderful theologian. He's, he's gone to be with the Lord. He said this, Jesus had the assurance that many would indeed come to him in faith and receive life-giving bread. For it was the will of his Father that they should do so. Men's blindness cannot frustrate the saving work of God. I'm going to pause right there because when I was blind, when I was lost, when I was not, wasn't walking with Jesus, I actually thought that I was a decent person. I actually thought that, you know what, I, I'm, not, I'm not that bad. I'm a lot better than that person. But God in his mercy and in his grace, he took the scales off my eyes and he said, this is what you're living in. And I said, there's got to be more to life than this. And I said, God, if you're real, show me. That's what F.F. Bruce is talking about right there. Okay? 
God is at work by his grace in the world, and those who come to Christ come to him by the sweet constraint of that grace. And when they come, they find that Christ undertakes the entire responsibility for their full and final salvation. In other words, I started out my faith with grace and Jesus provided that grace. I will finish my life with grace and Jesus will provide that grace. My salvation has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with Jesus. From the start to the finish, I need Jesus. And you know how I know that? Because I was with me yesterday. I need his grace. I need his love. Here, here's the, the third uh, way that we can have a, 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 the right lens. It's the right understanding of former things. In other words, the past. If you, if you read the Old and New Testaments, Jesus is hidden in the Old Testament. He's revealed in the New Testament. He's telling them that the manna was given from God. That manna was actually me. Because I am God. He's revealed in the new. He's, he, he's hidden in the old. So they were looking to Moses, but what they didn't understand was that Moses would point to the law. And the law would point them to their own works instead of seeing the work of grace that Jesus came to provide. And beloved, let me tell you something. This is important for you. If you look to the former things, you will live your life under the law. And the law was just a tutor, a teacher to point us to the reality that we all need a Savior. The law, the Ten Commandments, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Do not put idols before God. Do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery. All of those just tell us we can't do it. And they point us to the need of a Savior. So Jesus will point us forward. The law will point us backward. Look at who you are. Look at what you've done. Are you with me? Amen. You want to have a, 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 a life of freedom in Christ? Look to him in your present and in your future. And your past has been done away with. Amen. What the people wanted was a man of, of Moses for temporary physical needs. They said, our ancestors, they ate the man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They looked back instead of looking forward. They looked to the temporary instead of the eternal. Are you with me? Don't look to the temporary to fill your needs. That's why physical food will only sustain you and give you the nutrients temporarily. But Jesus will give you the nutrients eternally. Spiritual nutrients that you need to get you through the most difficult of times. Let me, let me say this to you. What I've come to find out is that no matter what my physical diet is, if I have the right spiritual diet, I'm able to go through things that I could never go through without Jesus. There, there are times that I go through real, real, real difficulties. I don't even feel like eating. Now, that's a miracle. <laughs> Doesn't happen very much, but it happens. But here's the thing that I know even in those times, Jesus sustains me spiritually because he is my bread 
of life. And I trust him no matter what we're going through. What Jesus offered was the real manna of himself for spiritual nourishment and a spirit-filled life. Look, look at verse 32 and 33 from the message, the, the message paraphrase. He said, the real significance of that scripture is not that Moses gave you bread from heaven, but that my father is right now offering you bread from heaven, the real bread. The bread of God came down out of heaven and is giving life to the world. He, he's telling the Israelites, I'm here. I'm here to nourish you. I'm here to feed you. I'm here to sustain you. If you leave a gathering empty, it's because you haven't sought Jesus out. Are you with me? If you're watching today or you watch later and you leave empty, it's because you haven't looked through the right lens. And that lens has to be a lens of faith. And Jesus wants to fill your soul and your spirit and nourish you with things that the world cannot offer. You, you will never get peace at a restaurant. Not eternal peace. You'll, you'll never get patience. They'll try your patience, but you won't get patience. You'll only get that from the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So, so if you come in here and you come with a religious lens and, and you, you're doing things how you've always done them or, or the things that I talked about, about transubstantiation, consubstantiation, or, 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 or just uh, uh, figurative, it's, 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 it's symbolic, all these things. If that's your lens and you're going to be looking for things, but if you're coming and every time you gather to, to, to worship Jesus and every time that you're even alone and you're worshiping Jesus, you say, Lord, I trust and believe in you. You just ate a piece of bread. Lord, thank you for what you're getting me through. Thank you that you've been here. Thank you for your peace. I just ate a little bit of a tortilla from heaven. And the Holy Spirit provides salsa. He'll spice it up. He'll spice it up so you won't be, you know, a blah, blah, blah Christian. You'll go, wee, well, another, that was hot. The, the, the fourth way that you have a correct lens is the right faith. St. Augustine or St. Augustine, whichever track, side of the tracks you, you, you're from, he put it like this. He's a great church father. He said, believe and you have eaten. Believe and you have eaten. You see, I, just what I said, when, when you trust in God, you're, you're, you're being nourished. Jesus in verse 47, he says, very, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life because I am the bread of life. 
He said, your ancestors, they ate the man in the wilderness, yet they died. But, but here is the bread. He's saying, here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat, and they will not die. I am the living bread and came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And St. Augustine got it right. Believe and you have eaten. Trust in Jesus and you will be nourished. Put your faith in him. Bruce, Bruce Milne put it like this, and, and I'm going to close with, with this, uh, getting ready to close. He said, this brings Jesus through his vivid exposition of the identity of those who truly believe. He uses a language of consumption. Faith is like eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus himself. Clearly, the sacrifice of the cross is in mind. His broken body and blood poured out on the cross need to be personally appropriated in an act of faith in Jesus, which is akin to the personal act of eating food. This will produce a communion between Christ and his believing disciple parallel to the communion of Father and the Son, which underlies the salvation that the Son will offer, the eternal life which will triumph over death. And Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God Almighty. And let me tell you something, beloved. When you trust in Jesus and you take religion out of the way, you take philosophy out of the way, you take yourself out of the way, you will be filled. eternal spark. I call you healer. You can mend any broken heart. I call you faithful father. You finish everything you start. My soul was made to respond. I know you by a thousand names. You deserve every single is bad.